Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are on this football Friday. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you is the best thing that can happen to you. That's the theme today. I'll explain. Lots of guests. Who you got on the way? Let's do this. Here we go! Only one place to start. Well, today there really is only one place to start, and that was with a Thursday night football game that felt like it might have been the end of something, and that something is the greatest career in the history of America's most beloved sport. One place to start, brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The smartest thing I did today was ask Ninko, Rob Ninkovich, to hang out after we finished up Get Up. Nine years you played with Tom Brady. Uh, last night was a tough loss for the Bucks in a game that started well, and then it get, just gets away from them completely and gets away from him. And we see the frustration, and we see them fall to 3-5, and five, and it's his first three-game losing streak in literally 20 years. And, you, and we get the report from Jeff Darlington that after the game, he sort of sat there at his locker without taking off his uniform for a long time. What do you imagine is going on there right now, and what, if anything can he do to solve what might be an insurmountable problem? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's going on for uh, number 12. So you, you look at the team itself. They start out fast. The first drive, I, I literally was sitting there. I'm like, oh, okay, like maybe they're going to turn this thing around and, and get things moving in the right direction. And then it just stalled, and it didn't work. It didn't happen. And you saw more of the frustration. You saw more of the miscommunication. You saw a defense that gave up 231 yards on the ground to the Ravens. Um, didn't force any turnovers. Had a muff punt. Like, all those things combined are trouble. It's trouble. It's trouble for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then you look at Tom and his mannerisms and underthrows and, and just – the frustration that you see at times, um, it's it's troubling for this team considering they were, what, six months or seven months ago? They were really close to yeah. getting to a Super Bowl? Sure. So um, what is the difference in this in this season? What has changed, so to speak? And, you know, there was a coaching's change. You know, could that be a, a, an issue? Is there, a, uh, I guess, a culture change because they've had success and some of these guys have been um, there a while. So they've, they've changed their mentality um, as, as a team and they're more maybe me guys instead of we guys. So all those things can go into this thing when you look at a team dynamic and then Tom stepping away, then coming back um, the things outside of football, all those can play a massive role in your production on the football field. So um, it's tough to watch. That's for sure. And, and if Tom had a crystal ball, I'm sure he wouldn't be dealing with it right now. Not that, that may be right. I mean, he may be regretting the decision to come back, but he's not going to quit, and, and we'll see what winds up happening. And we had a really good, healthy debate, I thought, on Get Up this morning about just how much of this is Brady's fault. And the reality is, when you're Tom Brady, you're going to sometimes probably get credit for things that you weren't responsible for yeah. when your team wins, and you're going to take the blame for things that you're not responsible for when your team loses. For example, I don't know everything about football, but I know that when one team rushes for 231 yards and the other one rushes for 44 yards, I can, I can tell you beforehand which team won. And that's obviously not on Brady. How do you explain a defense that was supposed to be among the best, if not the best in the NFL looking this bad and the Bucks being completely unable to run the ball at all. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues. Tom is, Tom is definitely going to have to 
take some of the blame for the issues, and that starts with the quarterback. It always does. The coaching, you've, you've heard coaches in the past, and you know Bill Belichick has said this in the past, it starts with me. Um, the, you have to take accountability for issues, and, and this team has to take accountability. The defense has to take accountability. Bowles has to take accountability. There are failures that are happening across the board that if you want to win in this league, you can't win the way that they're playing. Mm-hmm. And, and it starts with the leaders on the team. So the leaders have to look at themselves in the mirror and and realize that we need to play better and we need to play at a higher level if we want to win football games and we want to get into the playoffs. And they have a division that is weak. They have an opportunity to continue to win their division, yes. But when they play a good team, a team that doesn't make those mistakes, can they beat them right now? No, they cannot. Um so, yes, we're seeing a Tom Brady that we have never seen before. Um, and this Tampa team, also the supporting cast, the offensive line has dealt with a bunch of injuries. The receiving core has been decimated. The defense, just injuries are everywhere with this roster. So that definitely hurts Tom's cause at trying to to come back for a, a proper cause. Greeny and Ninko in our studio here. Uh, we talk about who was in the zone last night. Lamar Jackson was in the zone in that second half last night. In the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I, I never know what to make of, as we look at the Ravens' side of last night, I never know what to make of the idea that they blew these double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. So, so you know uh, the coordinating producer of Get Up is a guy named John Fink, and he said, Greeny, don't forget how close the Ravens are to being 8-0. And my response is always, I don't think that's making the right point. Like, a lot of teams can be ahead. I think it is more troubling that they lost these games that they could so easily have won than it is, than it says just how close they are. Yeah, and I, I talked about this on, on Get Up as Band-Aids. When you win, you, you just cover up some issues with a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. And when you lose, you have to address those Band-Aids getting ripped off. And I feel like sometimes, in certain instances, the Ravens losing with turnovers probably was a good thing for them long-term because you're not just covering up some issue with uh, an 8-0 start. And we've seen that in the past. If we think back to the Steelers when they were 11-0 and everyone was so high on them, uh, the Cardinals when they were undefeated at a certain point last year. Um, those issues are covered up, and, and I think that for the Ravens and their potential progress here – at moving forward in their division and taking over and going into the playoffs, that they have those issues and address those issues with turnovers being number one. You can't turn the football over in the fourth quarter and expect to win. Um, And I I really think that having those losses could potentially put them in a better position for, number one, learning from those mistakes – and understanding that we can't play this way. We can't get up on teams in the first and second quarter and relax and take our foot off the gas. We need to continue to play at a high level for four quarters, take care of the football, play like we did last night, be aggressive, running the football, and having zero turnovers. That's winning. That's a winning formula. Greeny and Ninko with us here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love. With flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces, come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. So that was last night, kicking off a very interesting weekend in the NFL. There's two games I want to focus in on with you here in teams that you know well and are near and dear to your hearts. Uh, your heart. Let's start with the Patriots. Yep. Coming off what was a tumultuous 
tumultuous Monday night loss to the Bears. Is it going to be Mac Jones? Is it going to be Bailey Zappi? Bill, while not giving the same vote of confidence a lot of other people will, it's, I think it's becoming more and more clear out of New England that the quarterback is going to be Mac Jones. They go up against a Jet team that is hot, that is playing well, that is playing with some fire. The defensive coordinator is talking about, hey, they ran it up on us last year. Believe me, we haven't forgotten it. That, that's sort of a swag that the Jets have not historically had. We all know Belichick hates the Jets. You know that better than anybody. Yep. What do you expect to happen Sunday at MetLife? It's going to be a physical game. And, and I can think back to when we played the Jets. It was always that, that division rival um, type physicality that it didn't matter the record of the Jets in the past. They would always play us pretty tough. And, and always it was, it was a battle, especially on the road, especially in MetLife. I, I mean, I think back to the, the many times I played here um, just down the road. It was – it was always a hostile environment, and it was always a fun match. I always enjoy those games, especially when the fan base is so so into it. Um, so I think that this matchup, number one, is going to come down to can the Patriots run the football with success? Because that I think that is their motto this season. They have to be physical up front and run the football. If they do not, then the rest of their offense doesn't really work. And, you know, Go, coming out and saying that Mac is going to start, that's that's good progress, right, for the Patriots. They need Mac Jones to be confident, to not be looking over his shoulder, to not wonder if the backup is going to come take his spot. He needs to know he's the guy. That starts, number one, with being named a starter and not having any rotation talk or, or, or speak of a rotation. You're our guy. You're going to be in this game from start to finish. And we need to go out here in a hostile environment and we need to run the football and run from the first from the first attempt to the fourth quarter, be aggressive. And on the Jets side of things, I think them losing their running back, you know, is a big loss for them. And losing their best offensive lineman is a big loss. I think yeah. he hurt his tricep. So um, those two pieces, how do they respond to losing two of their, you know, most productive starters? I think that's gonna be a big question mark. Who steps up in those in those roles? And I like the Jets. I picked the Jets to go into Lambeau and beat the Packers mm-hmm. because they have a a young kind of swagger to them where you see a young team. And you remember back when you're a twenty one year old kid, sometimes when you're young, you don't have to you don't have a care in the world. Yeah. You're just out there playing, having a great time and and enjoying yourself. And this the Jets team looks like they're having fun. And when you're having fun as a group, especially at the pro level, you're dangerous. So the Jets are a dangerous football team. Um, it's going to be a close one on my podcast. I picked the Jets. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Patriots because of that Jets front. I think they have a good interior defensive front that is aggressive, and they get after the front that is stopping the run. I think that this is a tough matchup for the Patriots, um, but we will see. It's going to be an entertaining one because it's in division. We know how important this game is um, for both teams. So. I can't wait for this one. I'm I'm excited to watch this matchup. Greeny, uh, and reminder that the World Series starts tonight, and it's here on ESPN Radio, presented by AutoZone, 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. One more, your beloved Bears. Again, Ninko is the pride of Joliet, Illinois. They have Bears. a very interesting game against the Cowboys this week. And I, I think if I were to just throw this out at a trivia, as a trivia question, I wonder how many people in America would know the answer to the question, which team 
leads the National Football League in rushing. Which team has the most rushing yards of any team in the NFL? The answer is the Bears. They rush for 181 yards a game. Now, part of that is, is, has been their reluctance to throw the ball with Justin Fields, but maybe Monday night we saw the beginning of them starting to lean into that a little bit, and that kind of plays into what might be the weakness of the Cowboys' defense. So this feels like an interesting game to me. Yeah, I mean, I like what I saw Monday night. I was at the game, the Patriot-Bears game. Um, I like them trying to emphasize the quarterback position and put him in the proper positions with just – Plays that represent his skill set, and they did a lot more quarterback um, on the on the run type plays, which helped him tremendously in Justin Fields. So, yes, the Bears did a great job Monday night. Can they continue to develop and create good plays for Fields and for this offense to continue to run the football aggressively? We'll see. We'll see what they look like against the Cowboys. I would hope that they watch the tape Monday night Mm -hmm. and they realize that we have one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. So let's continue to emphasize his athleticism and put him in the proper positions because he's going to continue to be confident. And if you play like that and you beat a team on the road Monday night, then that builds confidence within the whole team. I know they just traded away our pass rusher and Robert Quinn. Yeah. And that that was pretty tough for some of the guys on the team to witness. Um, but if they can continue to do that and stack stack up some some quality football, they might put themselves in a position where not this year, but next year with some good draft capital and maybe a few offseason moves, they can put themselves in the hunt for the division. I think they might have the most money to spend this coming offseason of any team in the league. If not, they're close. Yeah. So they are. They they could be building something there. The Cowboys are a nine and a half point favorite in that game. Nico, you're the best. Have a terrific weekend. Thanks. Really fun couple days here. We had a really good spirited show this morning on TV. Coming up next, I will explain what I mean when I say that sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you is the best thing that can happen to you. That is next on a Football Friday on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your 
ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. Let me say hello to the assembled members of the hashtag crew. Hembo is indeed at a wedding, but we have hashtag Nuno with us. What's going on today, Nuno? Not much, Greeny, not much. Not much ever is. And hashtag Bubba with us today. How are we doing, Bubs? All right, doing good. He's got the Micah Parsons jersey ready to go, uh, supporting ready his beloved go. Dallas Cowboys. So I said something at the beginning, guys, and I've made this point before, that sometimes what seems like the worst thing that could possibly happen to you winds up being the best thing that could possibly happen to you. And I believe right at this moment, that sort of applies if indirectly, to Tom Brady. So you're saying to yourself, coming back, having a miserable season, his team being bad, quote-unquote, going out like this, that sounds like the worst thing that could happen to Tom Brady. And of course, on some level, it is. And then there is whatever is going on in his personal life. And as I've repeatedly said, that isn't any of my business or anybody else's beyond the degree to which it impacts his performance on the field. And on that, we can only speculate. But as far as the football piece of it is concerned, here's what I think. That it does not usually end pretty for the all-time greats. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Michael Jordan finished as a wizard. Willie Mays finished as a Met. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got swept in the final series of his career. Peyton Manning got carried to the finish line by a great defense led by Von Miller. He could barely throw the ball anymore. He got benched during that season. What does that tell you? It tells you that, by and large, this greatness is not something players walk away from. It is something that must be taken from them. Kareem Abdul didn't go out, uh, Jabbar didn't go out on top because while he was still on top, he didn't want to leave. Michael Jordan came back. Why? Because it was still in him. He needed to come face-to-face with the reality that he wasn't the best player in the world anymore. And I think that's what's happening to Tom Brady right now. I think the reason Tom Brady didn't stay retired is retirement didn't take. It isn't all the jokes about how he didn't want to pick up his kids at the school bus. It's none of that nonsense. It's that down deep inside, Tom Brady, coming off what was one of the best seasons of his career, said, I'm still too good at this to stop. I can still go out there and be the best player. I can still win. And sometimes these guys need proof that they're not. Otherwise, it stays inside of them and eats at them forever. Michael Jordan needed to come back. You may not have liked seeing him at the end as a wizard, but for the rest of his life, it was what he needed. And Willie Mays needed it. And Jerry Rice as a Seahawk needed it. And Tom Brady needed this. 
it's evident from the fact that after 40 days he came back, that down deep inside of himself he wasn't done because he still thought he was the best. And he had evidence to back it up. I don't think he thinks that anymore. And so when I hear Jeff Darlington say that he sat there outside his locker after that game last night for the longest time, I think that was the realization he was having. Actually, a vibe I really haven't seen, uh, I haven't experienced with Tom Brady after a loss, maybe after a postseason loss, an end-of-season loss, but I've never seen this. Tom Brady sitting at his locker in full pads well after the rest of his teammates had taken off their pads, most of the guys kind of clearing out of the locker room. Brady still facing the wall of his locker Full pads. Blaine Gabbert came over, consoled him a little bit. Some players came over and consoled him. It did not feel like a normal loss. It did not feel like a normal loss. It felt like the end of something. And for Tom Brady, I'm only speculating, of course. I don't know Tom hardly at all. I've met him on a few occasions. He's not someone I know. Jeff Darlington knows him way better than I do, and obviously so do many, many, many other people. But what I think he was sitting there thinking as he was staring at that locker was, man, it just isn't me anymore. And Mark Schlereth once told me a great story. Nuno, you will like this story. Baba, you may have been there when it happened. Mark Schlereth played a really long time in the NFL and was a really good player. He played offensive line for first Washington and then Denver. And he was telling me a story that there was a day that they went out and they practiced. And in practice, they don't wear uniforms and their uniform numbers. They wear just what they call grays. So basically, he's just wearing like a sweatshirt and sweatpants. And they're just going through the motions of whatever it is that they're practicing. And then they go in and they're watching the film of that. They're watching what they call the cut-ups. They're, they're watching what, 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 what they did in this practice. And Mark Schlereth said, he's watching and he's watching one particular guy in the field and he's thinking, man, who is that guy? He is slow. That guy just doesn't have it. And then he realized, oh, my God, that guy's me. And that's when he knew his career was over. It has to be taken away. Mark Schlereth had, no exaggeration, something like 30 surgeries so he could continue to play. He had his knee operated on once on a Tuesday and played on Sunday. Mark Schlereth would have given anything to be out there one more game until he was faced with the reality that he couldn't play anymore. And that happens to most athletes. And it happens at a very young age. Even Tom Brady is a young man. Take it from me. 45 is not old. Derek Jeter said it great. He said, my last year in baseball, I was an old man. Then I retired, and the next day I was a young man. 45, he's got his whole life ahead of him. So I think that in some ways, what's happened to Tom Brady here is the best thing that could happen to him. Because if he had stayed retired for reasons that we'll never really fully understand, that I think this would have burned at him for the rest of his life. You know, it's the same reason that I tried to make a career for myself in broadcasting. When I was getting ready to finish college, this is a, a sort of a strange analogy to make, but it's what just jumped to my mind. When I was getting ready to finish up college, Everyone in my family thought I would go to law school. My dad was a lawyer, and it was just assumed I was a second-generation Jewish kid from New York that I was going to go to law school like my dad. And I wanted to be a sports announcer. And that was at a time when very few people wanted to be a sports announcer. This was not the industry then than it is now. And ultimately, the reason that I tried it, I gave myself a two-year window. I said, I'm going to try this for two years, and if it doesn't work out, then I will... 
uh, go to law school and live the rest of my life. But at least I'll know that I tried because I love sports and I was afraid that I would spend the rest of my life hating watching these games, thinking to myself, man, I should be there. This should be me. Like at that time, I thought I would be like Marv Albert or someone like that, like doing the games, being in the arena. That obviously hasn't been my life path, my career path, but it has worked out beyond my wildest fantasy. But the point is, I would have spent, I was worried I would have spent the rest of my life hating something that I love because I wondered, I would spend all my time wondering if I should have done it. Could I have done it? Could I have made it? Could I have been Howard Cosell? Could I have been Marv Albert? Could I have been. I don't even remember who else at that time. Brian Gumble was hosting the NFL pregame shows. And this was the, I guess ESPN was in its infancy then. So maybe could I have been Chris Berman? Could I have been Dan Patrick? So I tried. It worked out great. If it hadn't, I would have gone to law school and I'd be a lawyer today. And hopefully I'd be very happy because it wouldn't be burning inside of me. I'd still be able to sit down and watch the Jets play on Sundays and not thinking to myself, man, I should be out there. My life isn't what it should have been. So I think Brady will now live the rest of his life not feeling that way. And I think that's more important than having one season of bad tape at the end of what is the greatest career in the history of his sport. So we will forget there is nothing that is happening right now that is impacting his legacy. Nothing changes the fact that he's the greatest player of all time. Nothing will be remembered from this. We will not think of Brady in the last year dirting passes or anything like that. We will remember Brady coming from 28-3 behind to win the Super Bowl. We will remember Brady and that that miraculous drive against the Rams that led to a game-winning field goal when he was a baby-faced kid to win that first championship. We'll remember Brady on those unbelievable teams, particularly the one that was unbeaten and lost to the Giants in that crazy play. We'll remember the wins and the losses, and we'll remember him as the greatest player that ever played. And this season will be largely forgotten, but it will be something that will, I think, allow him to live the rest of his life without it eating at him forever. So when I say that's why sometimes the best thing to happen to you can feel like the worst thing. I'm sure right this minute, he's not thinking any of that. He's thinking, oh my God, this is horrible. I wouldn't blame him for thinking that at all. But in the long run, I I think he will figure out it was the best thing for him. Greeny with you. There are so many podcasts out right now. It takes a team of people to bring them together. Whether you're hiring for a podcast or for your growing business, one place makes it easy, and that place is ZipRecruiter. You can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Hey, Teddy Bruschi, how much of what's going on is actually Brady's fault? Tom will tell you this himself. He doesn't look like himself anymore. I mean, he is struggling to be on the same page with wide receivers. He is, you know, dirting balls at times. He is throwing potential interceptions like you're, like you're saying. So we're trying to... I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for it. Brady doesn't look like he's playing well either. He is part of the problem, absolutely, because the offense, I mean, anything they try, okay, it's just they can't string things together, and the quarterback, absolutely, it starts with him. All right, so that's Teddy Bruschi, perhaps his most decorated teammate, um, you know, the, the, the long time that they were together. So if Teddy can say it, then anyone can say it. He was on with Van P last night on SportsCenter. Uh, your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation comes on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Meanwhile, question. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. I'm going to ask you a question, Nuno and Bubba. So with last night's loss, the Buccaneers are behind Atlanta in the NFC South. If the Panthers win in Atlanta this Sunday, Carolina 
will be in first place in the NFC South. This is a team that has punted its season. They are essentially doing the NFL's version of tanking. They traded away their best player and fired their coach. And if they win Sunday against Atlanta, they will be in first place in the NFC South. So my first thought is if they win, Monday do they try and trade back for McCaffrey? Do they call up San Francisco and say, you know what, just kidding. We'll take McCaffrey back. We might win this thing. But the question is this. Will Brady even win this terrible division this year, Nuno? That's the question. Will Tampa Bay win the NFC South when all is said and done, or will it be the Falcons, the Panthers, or the Saints? Brady or the field for the South, Nuno? I'm going to take Brady. I still, as bad as it looks right now, I just don't have any faith in those any, other, any of those other teams. I hear you. Let me hear from Bubba. Bubba, Brady or the field in the South? I I think I still got to go. I mean, there's no way it's the Panthers. Um, they're just going to fall back at some point. I, I can't imagine it would be the Falcons. Maybe the Saints could get there, but I I just think the the Bucks have enough too much talent to, to be this to be this bad for too long this long. So I think at some point they'll win enough games to at least win the division. That's that's probably right. And our analytics overwhelmingly agree. They they have better than a fifty percent chance of still winning the NFC South, according to our analytics. The only thing I'll say on the other side of that is, in the last couple of weeks, well, it's not that recently, but the last game they won, they beat Atlanta on a play that was just a horrendous call. The Falcons had every chance to beat them. And then last week, they played Carolina and lost 21-3. to So they're capable of losing to anyone. They're capable of going on a prolonged losing streak. Well, let's figure it out. I actually can call it up here, guys. Nuno, give me win-loss, win-loss. You ready? Here we go. They play. Their next game is home against the Rams uh, a week from Sunday. Win or loss? Ooh, loss. Okay, then they play home to the Seahawks. Uh, actually, that game is a, a 9.30 a.m. NFL Network. I assume that's a Europe game. Yeah, I think it's in say. Germany. Yeah, that's Germany. in Germany. So they play the Seahawks in, in a game in which no one is home, really. <laughs> Who is that a win or a loss? That's a win. Okay. Uh, then they play at the Browns. That's a win. Then they play home to the Saints. That's a loss. That's a Monday night game on ESPN, by the way. Then they're at the 49ers. Uh, Tom gets it going back home. He wins that one. All right, so that's a third win. Uh, then they're home to the Bengals. I don't feel comfortable with any of these. I think that's a loss. I, I do, too. I, I think they're going to win, like, Four, then they finish with Panthers-Falcons. Whoever would have thought the last two games of the season against the Panthers and the Falcons will decide the NFC South. <laughs> Tampa against Atlanta. Week 17, J- J- January 8th, will wind up being a critically... That'll, that'll be, be the, the Sunday night flex. Yeah, that'll exactly. be the flex game. <laughs> That's the game they'll flex to, to Sunday night. Um, for an 8-9 and nine versus 8-9. and nine. Exactly, for, for the team that winds up winning the worst division in the sport. Uh, tune in for college football action tomorrow. Georgia, Florida, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage 2.30 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. All right, I got Nuno's notes ready to go here. I got interesting stuff from him. We got Fortinbaugh still today. I got plenty to do. Greeny, the podcast. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Greeny with you on a football Friday, getting set for a very interesting weekend. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Nuno is here. We'll do his notes in a moment. Bubba is here. We'll do who you got a little later. We also have Joe Fortenball with all the betting advice that you could possibly need. It's Greeny presented by, as I said, Progressive Insurance is the 10th year of Progressive's Keys to Progress annual giveaway for veterans. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to at least one recipient in every state. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. What's going on, Nuno? Not much, Greeny. Nuno is a unique personality. There's just that je ne sais quoi. He puts notes on all of the games into the Google Doc for me. I'm definitely a savant. And I like it. I just enjoy it. Nuno's Notes. I uh, just sure. Let's do it. Oh, I did it again. Uh, come on. Why do you sneak on that little quote at the very end when clearly the voice of whatever that is, that voice is tossing to the beginning of the segment and you sneak on another little quote there just knowing I'm going to step on it? It's just it's what puts it just wraps the bow, you know, it's what makes it perfect. No, I think that the segment, the the, the, the open is perfect without it. Uh, and it frustrates so. me that I keep talking over it. Well, one way or another. Nuno puts these notes in the Google Doc for me, and he's got some Friday notes in here, so I'm going to read them, and let's see where we land. Giant Seahawks, which, by the way, is the only game on the schedule this week between two teams that both have winning records. Nuno writes, feels like as long as everyone comes out of this game healthy, the result is just gravy for the Giants. Nuno, you're a Giant fan. Explain that. Well, it's Seattle. They're playing well. My concern is that eventually this good luck that the Giants have had is going to run out. Um, so I just think like this is one of those games. If they win, great. But I don't, I don't expect them to win. I know Vegas. I think it's a five and a half point spread. So I don't think they expect them to win. Um, so it's just one of those like. Just keep the momentum going, but you don't actually have to because the next two games, the Lions and the Texans, before you hit the bye, are the games I expect you to win. So I'm looking at uh, Seattle minus three, by the way, for whatever that's worth on ESPN.com. They're at Seattle. Then you have got the bye. Then you've got home Texans, home Lions, and then the big game Sunday, Thursday afternoon, Thanksgiving afternoon against the Cowboys. You get you get, you go basically division Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. So it's that whole divisional stretch there. So you're saying you live with it. You, Nuno, as a Giant fan, live with it if you lose a tough game this week and Saquon doesn't get hurt. That's who we're talking about, so let's just put a name to it. 
Correct, and and you're eight and three uh, Thanksgiving going into that Thanksgiving Day game. Eight and three. So oh, yeah, I'm sorry, eight and two. Eight, eight and, and two. two going into that Thanksgiving Day yeah, game. I mean, those 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 feel like winnable games. All right, next game that Nuno has notes on: my Jets versus the Patriots. And Nuno writes, "Bill can't go to Zappy even if Mac struggles." Right? I think that's right. And I, I talked yesterday about Belichick and how, if I were a Patriot fan, I would be very concerned that the confidence of the young quarterback, Mac Jones, is really being shaken by this. So last week, Bill is able to say, well, he wasn't healthy, he wasn't ready to go the whole game. I don't even know what that means. I mean, a quarterback is either healthy enough to play or he's not, it seems to me. But this week, he's made it clear that he's healthy. So if he pulls Mac, then he's making a quarterback change, and that changes everything. And you can't pretend, even Bill Belichick can't pretend that doesn't matter. So I don't think so. I, I, I don't think short of just an absolute catastrophe, which I do not expect, um, that Bill will make a, a quarterback change this week. I would add, too, the Jets have ruled out Corey Davis. So the Jets are going into this game without their leading rusher, their leading receiver, and their best offensive lineman. Everyone who is just sort of forecasting, oh, this is a Jets win, they finally get there, all that stuff, I, I, this is not easy. This, there's no way in hell this is an easy game for the Jets. Do I think they win? I have no idea. But I, I, anyone who's thinking <clears throat> the Jets are going to win this game by two touchdowns, I don't see it that way at all. Greening is Nuno, and Nuno's notes. Next stop is Dallas Bears Cowboys. Uh, Nuno writes, bad offensive line will have Justin Fields running for his life all game. Well, I don't really agree. Let's put it this way. If they go into this game thinking we're going to drop Fields back and let him throw it against this defense, then that's the worst. That would be coaching malpractice, right? Nuno, that would literally be the worst coaching you could ever imagine. I think they try and run it down the throat to the Cowboys with Montgomery and Herbert and Fields, maybe mostly Fields. And see, you know, the whole thing about running right at Micah Parsons and seeing how that goes. I could see them doing a lot of that. And candidly, I could see it working a little bit. So their weakness or what we perceived as a weakness, their offensive line, actually and will play into their strengths. So I think it might be a good thing for him to run for his life. I think it's a good thing. What is it? Challenge Micah Parsons on the edge and so forth. Uh, I know Bubba disagrees. But. That was what the Lions did, and they had some success, right? And just also control the clock and control that game. I think that's what they need to beat the Bears. I mean, beat the Cowboys. Bubba, the Cowboys fan, how confident do you feel in this game Sunday, Bubba? Well, as I mentioned last week, this is actually preseason game number two for Dak, so I'm not really (laughs) too concerned one way or the other because the biggest focus is getting Dak back healthy and in rhythm with the offense, so – I'm confident the defense is going to be great, and if we get a win, that'll be awesome. But I'm not even going to be too upset if they do lose because the biggest thing is to to see Dak look more and more comfortable, 30 seconds. And he did look more comfortable in the second half against the Lions. So if he looks more comfortable the whole game, that'll be great as we head into the second half of the season. Yeah, they they – I'm just looking at what they've got coming up after this. They they got Green Bay, which isn't a game that feels the way it did before. You're playing – likely playing this game without Ezekiel Elliott – by the way, so that means two things. One, Tony Pollard feels like a nice pick uh, if you play the Daily Fantasy and the other. I think the Bears might win. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. 
You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts. 